0: the messiah community radio talk show this is michael james Lauren, your host we had a great guest in mike lindell who's the inventor and president of my pillow and what a great guy i mean this this man is on fire for not only what he does with pillows but he loves the lord jesus he wants to help our society as far as with the inner cities and most likely will be in the new administration and um you know after we were done talking i asked him a brief question i asked uh, how many hours of sleep he gets you know and that conversation turned into <laughs> almost an hour and a half of talking to him. Now, it was just me and Mike Lindell enjoying a conversation. And I asked him, I said, you know, we, we let it go uh, as far as the record. And could we use this material? Because I think these, these stories are fascinating. He said yes. And so what we have is really, if you will, the after show of the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. And I think it's really interesting. So here it goes. Mike, can I ask you something? Huh. Just out of curiosity, I mean, how many do you, are you one of those guys that gets four hours of sleep? That's all you need?
1: <laughs> no, I actually get more than that. You do? Okay.
0: I just, <laughs> yes. I'm
1: I'll, I, um, I get more than that. I've never seen, I have only seen one person in my life that's got as much energy, actually, maybe even more than me, and that's Donald
0: Trump. I was just going to say that. I heard he gets, I a, am not <laughs> kidding.
1: I mean, the guy, and he's 10 years, 15 years older than me. Yes. Um, you know, I, I'm telling you, that guy is uh, uh, what an amazing. I mean, I just can't, his energy. And if he, he, do you know, I don't know if you know this, but, um, you know, I've met Phil Robertson. Phil's, Phil's actually, you know, pre, or, um, read the gospel to um, Mr. Trump. Uh, ben Carson's prayed with him. Kellyanne, his, I mean, he's in a transformation. I really.
0: Yes, I believe that too. I totally is. believe he's that.
1: He's going to be so, he is so close. His His heart, I mean, he's like, I, I just think it's it's yes. coming and um, he's um, he's a good man and he, and God's used he picked him God's picked him yes. I mean, he was I had so many divine appointments that I sat at that election night and people were coming up to me going Mike you seem so confident I said all the divine appointments I had that, that that if he didn't win I couldn't imagine God why did he, why did we do all this I did
2: everything think
1: <laughs> I was supposed to do you know and uh, and uh, it was. Um, I mean, if they don't think, if, if you take anything out of that whole election uh, or that whole campaign, and that whole year-and-a-half-long campaign, certain things, you pull one out, he doesn't win. He doesn't win. He doesn't win. You know, I got in an argument with a college professor. I was on CBS uh, the Sunday after the election here in Minnesota, and they wanted me to go on and talk about, you know, um, if I was, uh, you know, because um, to, to take the fear out of it, because they knew I was, you know, had went all in for Mr. Trump. They knew I had met him, and they wanted me to talk about it. Well, the guy before me was a college professor from Minnesota, from University of Minnesota, and we got in a big argument in the green room.
0: And oh my I'm goodness! Going,
1: <laughs> and I'm going, if you don't think this was God, that they, that, that this was all God in him, and you know, he's this college professor, and he, I mean, we did and. We argued, and I said, you know what? I said, I've spoke three times at the University of Minnesota. Every time I speak there, I go, I bring up Jesus and bring up God in my story. And when I'm done, the media even stays. And when I'm done, you know what they say to me? Hmm. Boy, we'd like to have you back, but next time you come back, don't use God in your thing if you can, you know. Um, and and then I'm going, okay, and then you invite me back again, and I do the same thing again. And Anyway, this guy, this college professor, I just got in this argument, and I said, and I brought up about five examples. I said, those were all miracles of, of uh, nobody, you, you, you know, for him winning this election. It was against every, if you multiply all the things up, it, you know, it, it, it's 100%. It had to be gone. Anyway, he went on TV, and he told his reason why he thinks Donald Trump won. And, and uh, you could see he was so rattled. And then I went on for about 10 minutes, and he waited for me in backstage. And he came up. He says, Mike, I want to tell you, he said, he said, you really, I'm really going to think about all the stuff you said. And he said, I'm, you know, and this guy was an atheist, you know, I mean, he's, and he, but he just was, he almost broke down right there. I, <laughs> I was just amazed at how that, you know, um, whatever I said to him, and it might have changed him. He might have been born again, and even then when he got home. I don't know, but it was, you know, how you know some of these college professors, yes. the, it's Just, it's, it's just, I can't even believe it, you know, that they're, that they can... I don't know who picks them. You know, I, don't know. I don't know how they all get in one place and what they're doing to our millennials, you know. yeah. Um, that's where I am. My, big, my biggest concern for salvation is the millennials, that up-and-coming generation that is godless, you know, a lot of it, you know.
0: It's incredibly liberal. I mean, like you said, you know, how do they come in? incredibly
1: liberal and, and incredibly... And there's, they've taken the God out of so many
0: things. Yes, I mean, and, they really uh, have.
1: Uh, it's well, very... It's it's very scary.
0: Well, wasn't it amazing, though, when, when, as you say, it was God and, you know, Donald Trump winning, that it was like the air being sucked out of every single reporter and every journalist who oh, had ever yeah. said, and it was an amazing thing to watch. It was like it just... Was,
1: uh, it was amazing. My uh, my uh, friends with Scott Bayo you know Scott Baio?
0: Scott yes. Me?
1: Well, he... Um, he I, call, I was talking to him just the other night, and he said, this was about two weeks after. It wasn't just the other night. It was the whole... It was two weeks after the election, and uh, and you know in the in the spin rooms and stuff, you know you had myself, Stephen Baldwin, Scott Vale, and uh, Sarah Palin. That the media gave such a hard time to the four of us. Well, you know they actually made a mockery out of the one debate. They go, "Why is the my pillow guy here? What, what would Donald Trump be doing with that?" You know, well, I guess you can pick whoever you want. Well, anyway, Scott hmm. Scott says. He goes, Mike. You know what I've been doing every day for three hours a day since the election. I said, "What?" He says, he tur- He goes to YouTube and he turns on the moment Donald Trump won, and it shows all the media people'
2: their faces.
1: And <laughs> you know, I'm going, Scott. They, I mean, they, they attack Scott so much, and he just now he's just watching them. I mean, it's just, you know, all these people that said, said said these horrible things, and then now they got it. You know, how can they instead of I thought they would totally humble themselves and and maybe, you know, look at themselves and try and fix their lying media. But what do they do? They just now it's just as bad as it was. You know, it doesn't matter what the other day, Mr. Trump went golfing. He is the hardest working man I've ever seen in my life. And he went golfing with Tiger Woods. And then he said, look, at he's out golfing. He should be doing this. Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, really. This was
1: Christmas. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it just makes you wonder where, you know. I don't know.
0: And I was saying that to my wife as well. Where does this man get this energy from? I mean, I he again mentioning his age and then, you know, my age and he's a lot older than me and and I don't have that kind of drive or that kind of energy. And so, yeah. So one round of golf, he deserves a break.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, one round of golf with Tiger Woods and they and they made this and, and they, even to have the energy the guy just didn't rest and he doesn't rest. He's been this way. I've asked it, you know, has he always been like this? Absolutely. You know, I mean, they he's just so is I don't know his metabolism. It's not like he goes and works out. It's, you know, I mean, it's
0: just. It, it's really something. I believe it's genetics. I know there are people like that in the in the world, and that's why I asked you because you know you come across. You have just as much energy.
1: Yeah, yeah, and people told me. You know, it was funny. Is uh, see, I didn't tell on your show. There were so many, so many things where I ended up seeing meeting Donald Trump with so many different angles and things. I got on a plane after the Republican convention. I would never have i seen myself with Donald Trump a year ago, and I'm going, I told this at my board meeting, I go, wow, I see myself in a room with Donald Trump, and and and, uh, and they're, they're going, this was a year ago this summer. Well, anyway, through a series of all these things, I, get, I end up at the Republican convention because this Matt Rich is a friend of Stephen Baldwin's who has worked with Donald Trump's publicist for 23 years, and now he's my publicist. But, uh, but anyway, I go to get on a plane right after the... Uh, Right after the uh, Republican convention, and I missed two planes. I was going to QBC, and I get on this plane, and here's uh, Dr. Carson, Ben, and his wife, Candy, and they go, Candy goes, Mike Lindell, she goes, we knew you were going to be on this plane. <laughs> we both got in prayer two weeks ago that you were going to be here, and you have something for my husband. She said, well, can we switch seats? And I sit down to Mr. Carson. He goes, he goes yeah, he said, God told us both that you were going to be on this plane, or, I mean that you were going to see you here. So, and he goes, we missed one plane today. And anyway, at that point, I had five things I had gotten in prayer for Mr. Trump, and then I told Dr. Carson about him. Now, at the Republican convention, and then he got, then he, uh, uh, Mr. Trump, and no, all, and he said, and then then Mr. Trump called me to have this meeting. Well, anyway, but before that, I'm at the Republican convention in his family section, and I noticed one thing: all the people. All his closest inter, inner circle of people were all good people. A lot of Christians, but all, just genuinely good people. Not like you. I would feel in many corporate in the corporate world where uh, I mean, it's there's so much greed mm. and corporate. You know, I mean, just you can just feel the the evil and the and it was and anyway, the two that always fly on his plane with them, Eli and Anthony, both came up to me and said. Um, Mike um, I'm gonna t- they go on, your, on the, you on know, you know they introduced themselves and they go we want to tell you something this happened every time he got on his plane for the last 30 days before that he said every time no matter what channel he turned on it was during it would be me, me talking right at, at the same spot of my commercial and he goes it got to the point mr. Trump goes I think someone's telling me I'm supposed to meet this Wow. Guy. And, and they, I mean, he, they said it was eerie. They said, watch this. And they would go turn the channel on, and it would be not just my commercial or not just it would come on. It was me where I started to talk. And now Eli, both Eli and Rudy Julian, not Rudy. Uh, he didn't tell me. It was Eli and I think maybe there was two of them. It might have been Matt and Eli. and uh, But those two for sure said, uh, they go, Mike. Um, you're, if you end up with a meeting with Mr. Trump, we think he will listen to you. We got to get, you know, set up a meeting. We think he'll listen to I go, why would he listen to some, you know, ex drug addict from Minnesota? <laughs> and, and, uh, and, they, and I talked to him later, and they go, because they, they just thought it was so much alike and that he respected my ads and that he had kept getting those, you know, um, every time they came on or whatever it was me, t- you know, every time he turned on, he just knew there was some message coming to him.
0: God works uh, through people. I mean, that's what I'm trying to say. He really does work through. It. Like you are not just the spokesman, but you know, you, you're, you're a spokesman for the Lord.
1: Yeah, and that's and you know, and that you know, I'm I've been moving my uh, this gal I'm with. She's she's very she's a prayer warrior, and she she keeps telling me, you know, I get you know, you need to read the Bible more. And I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to, trying to uh, get more into you know reading the Bible because when I do the evangelistic speaking. Which I do see myself down the road. I don't know. Uh, I, I I probably know two verses, three verses in the Bible in the Bible. You know, in all ways, you acknowledge Him, and, and He shall make your path straight. Proverbs three six. I know iron sharpens iron. iron um, you know, there's a very few I know, so I've got to. I can just see me and you know, out there doing evangelic speaking and not knowing any part of the Bible. So that that worries me. You know, I mean, I've got to. Uh, um, but I guess. Uh, it's one thing to, I, you know, when I do speak, when I do speak, and I'm not using, you know, anything from the Bible, you know, people, they do get the message. I speak
0: Absolutely. The
1: gospel in all these places, and it's like, you know, um, I don't you know, it's just, maybe it's just the passion. I don't know. No, well, you know,
0: I mean, I mean, really the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, speaks through you. And, and plus, you know, Jesus told a lot of stories. You tell stories. And, and also one thing that you're able to do, I noticed this, you're able to really personalize things in a way that people can receive. Because you speak to people. You don't just shout at them in in these right. commercials. You, you talk with people, to people. Right. And I think you see things in people other other people don't.
1: Right, right. Well, maybe that's the that's some I'm blessed with that anointing, and that's very, you know.
0: You're a humble I man. Say, I appreciate I you. Very,
1: I get very humble thinking every day. I just, just asked by my uh, this gal in my company just yesterday, I mean, she goes, don't you just some days just get up and go, how can this all be happening? And I go, yeah, like every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: it's wonderful. Yeah, and 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 again, the the fact that you don't grow cold and and become some recluse like people who you know they have the money, they have the fame, but you know you give you use it to want to get back and and to love on other people. I mean, that's the special part is that you're not too proud to love presidents, you're not too proud to love a crack addict or someone on the street. You you know, and that's very much like Jesus.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. That's uh, that's one thing that people always, I've always done. Like you know, I wouldn't even you know I would. Back even when I was using drugs, I would be, I would not hang around someone um, based on their status and money. Like you say, it's like I can, I can very much. I think you know, like people say, would you change anything? I said I probably wouldn't change anything if I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. I can, I I can really relate from one end of the spectrum to the other. I mean, I, I had a time. One time I was held at gunpoint in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and uh, in a crack house and. The very next day, I get out of all that, and uh, um, the very next day I was at a a fancy two-fork restaurant or three-fork restaurant in Minneapolis and eating with these three-millionaire guys in suits in there, and all three of them were trying to, they pulled me away from the table, and they said, whatever you do, don't tell them you don't have any money. And the next one, "Hey, I want to talk to Mike for a second, whatever you do, don't tell them you're broke. And they're all the 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 stuff that went across that table where they were all trying to outgreed the other one. I thought to myself, if these guys only knew where I was yesterday. And then I thought to myself, I felt safer yesterday in that crack house than I did with these three guys because who's gonna? They're all trying to take me down. You know, it was like it was just a weird <laughs> feeling, like you know, it doesn't. Um, and. Uh, I don't know. But well, you
0: were protected know, but... for sure. I mean, just... Oh, yeah, it,
1: yeah, absolutely. I mean, that the um, in fact, I, I'm trying to get through my book to get it out in time for this string, but the, I keep getting blocks where it's like, I, well, I want it it's what to leave in, what to leave out, and it's, you know, and, I, and uh, I just want it to be so perfect to get the message out there. And, you know, basically the message is, I want people to look at their own lives and you see a a one in a million happened, and then all yes. of a sudden you see a one in a billion. And well, you know, or maybe this you chalk it up to luck, or whoa, you're really lucky. Well, when you multiply those things together, when do you realize when does luck become a miracle? Mm. You know, I mean, if you look at it all, it has to be God. You know, in my in my book, I'm doing, you know, all these different things that happen. There's like, you know, there's, you know, you have the near-death experiences and all these things. Well, I actually have, I kept for some, you know. This is God too. I kept evidence, like you know, waking up in this place. I kept, you know, everything. I mean, I kept little newspaper articles and everything of all these things that happened from the time I was 10 years old. So when you read my book, you go to a reference on the website and, and you approve well, yeah, okay, he lived. He blew up this town by hitting this guide wire and uh, and lived through it, and <laughs> nothing happened to him. and and this is this article. So you have all these things where you're seeing direct proof or eyewitnesses, and then if you get to the end of the book, if you, if you believed all them, you, they all couldn't have happened unless it was God, you know. And that's what I want you know people to look at in their own lives, you know, and, and just say, well, in a, in just the hope, you know, um, you you don't know how many people called me after Mr. Trump won and just called me and said, Mike, will you tell me now, my friend's in the CIA, and he he called me up, and he said, because he was 100% Trump was not going to win, and he's so um, anti-Trump, and he called me up, he says, okay, I want you to tell me now, uh, you know, we grew up together, he says, tell me, uh, um, you know, what's going to make me feel better, and uh, I just went through the whole thing, and I got done, and he goes, wow, why didn't you say that to the whole country, well, you know, Before you know and I said I tried, you know, I put out a press release in Minnesota to go. On. I can I can cross the street and they'll have me on TV in Minnesota here. If I put out a press release when I put out a press release three weeks before the election, not one of them called me to go on. You know, sure. don't you think that's the story? If you're in the news here in Minnesota and you're going, OK, Mike Lindell had a private meeting with uh, Donald Trump. And, uh, you know, here's, they all know my story, ex crack addict and all this stuff, and are one of the biggest employers in Minnesota. And, and to be able to tell your story on TV here, and not one of them called me. But boy, they all called after he won. And I go, and that speech at the airport, I said, I'll, you know, I'll go on somebody's station. I want that speech just for my own nostalgia. And, uh, and then they end, up, you know, CBS finally gave it to me. They said, well, you can take it. I said, well, why did you hold it back? And they go, I think you know why. You know, because they thought it would help him win.
0: Right. Know? That's exactly right. And, I mean, really, this kind of providence that echoes throughout your life story, I mean, the, the providence of God. And I, you see it every day, even now, you know, with all the success and everything. But other people, you know, you're making them see the providence of God, too, and that they should be as maybe they'd be as happy as and as grateful as you, because I'm sure you see God's mercies every morning.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that's why I love being right next, right outside my call center, right outside my employees. I mean, right before I got on this call here, I had four employees, one after another, needing help. One, you know, two of them, uh, you know, one of one of them came in and gave me a coin, from uh, um, her mother did. It's one of those. Uh, what are they called? Um, uh,
0: like an angel coin?
1: No, they're they're. Um, um, right here it's right here. It's called a. Uh, the widow's Night, It's the coins that they used back in Jesus's time.
0: Oh, I've heard of this.
1: And it's a certificate of authenticity, and it says, "Right, you know, in Jesus' time, you know, this this is an authentic coin." Well, she gave it to me, and I'm going. You know, I was just over in Israel last year, and I and I was gonna and I I, I was kicking myself because I forgot to get one of these when I was there because it, it interests me. And here she comes in with this. This gal, I put. I she worked for me, and I and just two months ago. About, or about six weeks ago she's 23 years old and she's got all these problems and addictions and I I got her into most of the treatment centers I use almost all of them are Christian treatment centers It's the only ones that work I got her and got her help well her mother got told her to bring this to me it was the best the best Christmas they've ever had in their life and she said she got to tell her testimonial there you know when she went into this treatment center she didn't want to go in because it was God it was Jesus you know based and and I, and I said, no. I said you need to go in there. You can, you know, go in here. I'll help you here. And I said, you know, what? You know, she she had nowhere to go. I said, at least there's a roof over your head. And and she was, and she, you know, it took about a week. And she said it was. She just had an amazing born again experience in the treatment. And Amen. she told her testimonial at the at her parents. But it was just so rewarding. So I do. I see it every day. And it's just, it's just. Um, it's kind of like I compare it to there's so many comparisons when I when I was on the, when I sold pillows on the road for five years and through I mean I had everything happen All, people I'd hire I hire people I bought people into my company once that when I, the only time I reached for outside money because I never used a bank I didn't have any money I would just take whatever I made and buy more stuff and and then buy more pillows and well and make more and But these guys, I I got outside money, and we got to our first board meeting. And this, they were going to actually pay me and my wife at the time a wage, so we couldn't didn't have to live week to week and show to show. And we got to that meeting or that board meeting, and they go, "Um, "Mike, uh, um, we uh, we're going to let you go, and we're taking your company." And that was almost verbatim out of their mouth. And I go, "I go what?" And they go, "Yeah, we." uh, we uh, and they had this contract I had signed because I just trusted people so much and they, and there was another side contract where they could do there was nothing I could do and but God even got me out of that protected me there and it was uh, um, but all this uh, I guess I know I forgot where I was going um, oh I know with the so with the with the pillow what kept me going through all that is I would do a show I would do a show. And I'm not kidding you, every time, it didn't matter, you know, I could do, I would, you know, I, when I finally quit, I would, you know, pray for favor all the time when I, when I found Jesus. But, they, but before that, what kept me going, people would come up at that show, and they might have drove 30 miles to come up and tell me that they heard I was going to be at this show, this home show, or this little carnival in southern Minnesota. And they come there just to tell me how it changed their life, and they had, you know, this neck surgery, or they had sleep apnea on fibromyalgia. I didn't even know how to say the word fibromyalgia. <laughs> it's all these words that I can't say on TV. But all these disorders, and I'm going. Are you kidding me? And this is just. I would. I would tear up, and I still do when I'm on QVC. When callers call in and say, you know, this just didn't, This changed my life. You know, I had neck surgery. This one lady, this one show I did. She. Uh, she had drove four hours to, and they stood in line. This was like last year, though. So so there was. Like five thousand people showed up for this uh, this event, and and they all wanted to you know to come up and tell a lot of them. They were getting pillows, but there was also it was a Salvation Army thing that we were doing, and this and everyone was there to tell me their stories too. This lady it drove four hours, she said my she said I want to she she wanted to hug me and she says I owe you you know I said you don't owe me anything and, and she, but anyway she goes no you need to hear my story my husband and I I was going in for irreversible Risky, paraly- paralyzing neck surgery or whatever it was going to be in four weeks, and she said, "I seen you at a show in Mason City, Iowa. I, you talked me into buying the pillow. This was four years ago or five years ago, or, back, or maybe even longer now. Maybe seven years ago. It's back when I was still on, still on drugs." And she said, "She said you just made so much sense about this pillow, and and uh, she said so. We bought the pillow. We decided to." Um, um, you know to try it or whatever and they tried it and she said when we went in a week before they were going to have this surgery they had to do a check it to see if it had moved or whatever she said it was healed there was nothing she said we did not have to have the surgery but it was stories like that and even minor stories that that would kept me going throughout that and kept that's what keeps my passion yes so now if you take that same same thing with jesus with god every day I see how I could how it affects other people with um, you know spreading that passion for God and helping people and then like the scale that brought in this thing today with this um, this widow's might this coin and it was just you know telling me the story of her testimonial to her family and what a difference it made to change their lives you know.
0: Well I was gonna say I've been feeling gypped a lot when it comes to you know the pillows that I've had for real and uh, because I always feel like my neck uh, didn't quite feel right and, and really in using your pillow it, it seems like with that alignment like with the commercial where it shows that it's in alignment right. with your with your back it makes a huge difference like you almost feel like I had like neck surgery of my own honestly
1: right right yeah it keeps you supported it keeps you level you have eight cervical nerves on each side of your neck and they need to be held straight and I see I I have a whole theory that God gave me where sleep comes from that's what I'm proving right now at the um um, in New York we're doing these massive sleep studies and this year this summer when I'm able to say these things and um you know the um it's 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 going to be pretty amazing
0: well my wife my wife would do it in new york for just a, uh one of those um warm pretzels with um with mustard right <laughs> and uh, she would do it i'm telling you, you could she'll do it for hours or the sleep stuff i'm not even kidding she she would love to uh, to be a part of that but i know it puts it's a chuckle be,
1: <laughs> really I, I, well, <laughs> they, well i think we're using a system i know places right i'm now. kidding <laughs> you, you know what's funny if, if you read about this is you want to talk about an attack um so right after the right after the right up to the election when when the whole country knew that I was really you know I was all over the TV you know for Trump and campaigning and, and doing this stuff and put giving him all my credibility well I was attacked by all the the left I mean the you know all and the, there was a, a class action lawsuit uh, out of California these attorneys um, that, got together and they and because my testimony now you're gonna follow this my testimonials were so powerful that it becomes implied claims. So <laughs> that I had, I sent them fifty thousand people's phone numbers, their testimonials, their emails and their addresses to show that these were real. Well they, they we, we went out and we ended up doing mediation and we settled on I, I gave them one point four million dollars because you can't fight. If you fight, they can run you out of money. And God just said, you know, here just I'm just settling this. And and what it was then, now I took the insurance policy too, so I wouldn't if everyone that had bought my pillow could be part of this class action suit for and they would get five dollars back. Now yeah, I had to publish it in the Wall Street Journal, the New York Times. This is a couple weeks before the election, and then send it out to all my all my customers got this notice, which hmm. was millions of people. Okay, so they all get this notice, and they, you know, and uh, now they what they expected was, you know, um, you know, I've got uh, I've sold twenty five million pillows, so even if you get, uh, well wow. you know, let's say you get, let's say you get five hundred thousand people want five dollars back, well, that's two and a half million dollars. Well, anyway, as of last week, okay. And this is all. This has now been going on for a month and a half. Less than 400 people have sent in to get their five dollars. Five, over 5,000 people have wrote emails into those attorneys and said, "How dare you go after you crooked attorneys? Go after you ambulance chasers going after one of the best companies and people this country's everybody, You know, just it brought tears to my eyes." They're just and they're going, we're the people that gave the testimonials. So the people that gave, <laughs> what? what the, what's the irony in that the people that gave the testimonials, they're sending them out of things saying that their testimonials aren't real, that they're implied claims. Isn't that something? I mean, it's
0: what's amazing just, too is that it becomes a part of their life i mean the pillow becomes very intimate a very intimate part of their life so it's almost like you know you're someone could be attacking them and because that pillow yeah,
1: that's the way they that's the way they feel that they they, they they feel because it's changed them so much you know this became a this became a uh you know a, talked about over you know dinner tables and stuff and you know the pillow and you know, it goes back to, are you familiar with Don Imus?
0: Yeah, of course. I've, I've seen those interviews with you, yes, and Don Imus, yeah, too. Yeah, well,
1: Don, Don, when I first met Don Imus, I didn't know who he was, and it was this was a real divine appointment. I was doing, mopping my floor like I used to do back in the drive-in days. I had about five employees back in the summer of 2011, and I was mopping my floor, and uh, this phone rang that never rings, and it was WABC out of New York. And I had never been on radio or anything, and they wanted me to advertise. I said no. I said, I, you know, I didn't know that radio would work or anything, and I didn't have money to advertise. And and uh, at that moment in time, this gal walked in the door, and she's and I um, I don't know how it came up. I said, yeah, a radio station just called me from WABC in New York, and she goes, that's Don Imus's station. I said, well, I don't know any Don Imus. She goes, no, you should call him back and blah blah blah. know she was just a big fan of it. So, through a series of events, we call him back, and I had never been to New York before. And this Lisa was basically, she just wanted, she was just starstruck by his Imus. I didn't know that. Well, she, we fly out to New York, and, and, um, we show, and I go in to meet Mr. Imus at at his con or his thing down by Central Park, and, and his couch is there. And this guy, his manager or whatever, says, um, he says, you're only going to get five minutes with him. And he says, uh, um, I said, I don't care. You know, I don't care if I meet him. I don't even know why I'm here. And um, apparently, Lisa said, "Sent pillows." Well, anyway, Mr. Imus walks in. I go to shake his hand. He's all crabby. He says, oh, "I don't shake hands with him." And uh, he goes, "What am I here for? What are you here for? What are you here for? Whatever." And I <laughs> and I go, "Did you get the pillows? I didn't get any pillows." What are you talking about? You know, is and I'm going, "Why am I here with this cranky guy?" You know, and and uh, I grab the. I grabbed a pillow, a couch pillow, and I said, pretend this is my pillow. And I went on, I started talking, I said, yeah, I used to be a former and just all this stuff coming out of my mouth. And he goes, and, and he looked up, and he, uh, used some explicitness. He goes, you're, he goes, you're effing crazy. And, uh, his bodyguard, or, I mean, his manager tried to cut it short. And I must goes, I want to hear some more from this guy. And. I talked for 57 minutes and it's, I mean, for that's like a, a, a lifetime.
2: Well, <laughs> it's anyway,
1: true. well, what happened then, he tried the pillow two weeks later, and it changed his life so much. He, I, I'm still on his show, but over, over the course of, he never, ever let that, um, people go on his show, you know, that were selling product, you know, he's had me on there five times now His human interest story. So if you've seen a couple of them, the first one he did, just the influence I've had on Mr. Imus, God through me, he the the um the first show I ever did, he goes, well, where would you get this idea for the pill? And I said, I got the idea from you know God gave me this idea, and he said, now don't get all crazy on me, Lindell. and uh, and anyway, that was the first appearance. The last appearance I was on Imus, he. He, I started talking and telling the story I told you about the guy that with the business card, and then he called me in January, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And, uh, and I start to tell that, and I must stop me. And he goes, he goes, um, "Why do you think that guy called you?" And I go, um, "Because he liked the pillow." And he looks at me again and asks the TV, "He goes, why do you no? What, what do you think he called you for?" And I'm going, I'm thinking to myself, "You really want me to go there after you? You know." And I go, um, divine, divine intervention. And he goes, exactly. You don't have to be ashamed to talk about the baby Jesus. And I'm going, what would <laughs> you, know, I, you know, the guy, I mean, he's, he is, I have so, you know, just been patient with, the, just, you know, I'll send him, Well, email and I'll, you know, I'll put, uh, I mean, he's actually stopped swearing in his emails to in, to me because you know we, we'll email back and forth and he'll uh you know I'll use you know i just trying to subtly evangel you know give him the yes. ministry to him you know and uh, I often thought if I, boy if if he changes I mean he just you know you talk about you know when you see him on TV that's not all just an act you know what I mean. Oh,
0: absolutely! I mean, when I see these uh, interviews, you can see there's a true. Um, well, he's in a nice way. How can I say this? He's sweet with you, as kind of like a brother, and you can you can yeah. tell he respects yeah. you. And he he would yeah. say this guy is the real deal, you know. And uh, he's you could just see him actually be vulnerable with you, which is a lot of times he used to have a kind of tough exterior. So just to be vulnerable and to
1: oh, absolutely, yeah. People have told me that with him for a long time. They go, you have a you have a different thing with him mm-hmm. than any other guest. It's you know, and because I I don't get afraid when I go on his shows for some reason. I and everyone's going, you know, you know I never did. It was just kind of strange. I was kind of, you know, I would be almost least nervous. And I think he just sensed the, maybe he just sensed that I was you know, um,
0: truly changed
1: I don't know about myself. You know or you know, and- here's.
0: I was gonna say truly changed too because you know I know when two people uh, have the same uh, background or history with drugs it's it's almost like right. brotherhood you know because you can't yeah. people who aren't drug addicts they can't understand these type of you know things you go through and I mean everything the cravings and but he also probably appreciated how you know you have overcome and that's it wasn't you that did it you know and he he could but see God, that you know, absolutely
1: knows, and he knows my sincerity there too and you know you just said something right there that's why with the with the addicts when i do one of my favorite times to talk is like a union gospel or a teen challenge because i can really you know back when i was on drugs i mean one of the things that happened to me the month before i quit in december of january january 16 um 2008, I was at this, uh, out on all by myself, out at this uh, place, this house out in, the, out in the country. And my friend, I hadn't seen him in four years or three years, and he had been caught dealing crack. And he he was the only guy that I could probably ever compare to as how much I did. And, and we were so much alike in that way. He was the first guy I ever did cocaine with, too. And anyway, he had been clean for three years. And he came to my house. I said, "Dick, what are you doing here?" And he says, "He said God sent me here." And he goes, "He goes up," and I'm going, "What?" And and he sat down, and I'm going, um, and I go, "I don't know why you're here." And he goes, "Well, how's it going?" And we start talking, and I said, "Okay," I said, "Dick, I got some questions for you." I said, "You know, how is it? Is it boring? You know, oh, you know this this with God? You know, I had all these questions for him." (laughs) That only he would be able to answer. Or I wouldn't respect the answer because I would I would think that there's nobody I could p- compare myself with, even in the drug thing because I was so I thought I had done was so extreme where they you know what I mean, um, and, you know it was just I thought it was even different that way where I, um, um, and and you know and I learned so much too with the with um you know the treatment centers that don't work the. There's one thing you cannot not only being able to you know to relate to you know and show them by example that you've gotten through with the you know through God gotten off this but also then to go back and and in time and when all the stuff that happens when people are kids uh, whether it's trauma, divorce or whatever it is I mean those are the things that I think manifest themselves into three things either addictions Personality disorders, or 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 God. I mean, are you gonna, yes. you know you've got to go those three because and everybody's different on their level. You know, a divorce might be mine was a divorce. You know, but I you know I never would know that. But I'm going. You know, it doesn't have to be some rape or something that that is the trauma. Everybody's mm-hmm. level of trauma is different. It can be and and that children are so you know though that age. I mean, you can trace almost anybody's addiction back to their back to their childhood.
0: I definitely agree. Because the coping mechanism isn't there, you know. So in, in childhood, the, people process things differently. And so even if it is the parent's fault, if you will, they can internalize it as, you know, guilt, or they did it, or it was my fault. You know, children don't think uh, – they, they think I'm the one who must have done it. And right. then, yeah. But you must – you can read a lot of people, I mean, as far as uh, – I guess all the denial that is in drug addiction where people don't really, they're hiding a lot, you know, they're covering up a lot and I'm sure you're able to break through that
1: Oh yeah, absolutely and the other thing too is people coming out, but when I was in the Philippines, I actually had a conversation with the president of the Philippines too, and uh, for about 15 minutes at least 15 minutes, and you know, he's into all those drug wars and he's, the media's painted this picture I I, I don't even have time to tell you all the all the stuff that they've said about him that is that is not true. Or he's pain or he's bombastic, and it's not the stuff he's doing. But anyway, we talked about um, he's building these treatment centers, and he asked me, you know, people that come out the other end, you know, is is you know, can I give advice on the success of which ones work? And and you know, there's a lot of things come. You know, people most secular or most treatment centers are set up to fail when they get out of there. And if no one's no one's trusting them, they need trust, and they're not going to get trust usually. You know, if they don't have Jesus, and they come out, and nobody trusts them, and they don't, nobody's giving them a second chance. Well, they're set up to fail. Now they're running around with the pain from back whatever they were masking before with the drugs, and they don't even have the drugs to mask the pain. Yes. You know, what, you know that's like a ticking time bomb waiting to happen. You know, and it's an endless. Revolving cycle. So if you don't if you don't get them with both, answer those those questions from or you know address the pain, and then you know freed from that and freed from the you know maybe some deliverance from their demons and then then, uh, you know and then get uh, and then have Jesus. If they don't they need those things because you know they come out of there, and I've watched people. The ones that fail, they come out and there's no trust. Nobody trusts them. Nobody give them a second chance. And like I said before, like in my company, I I've seen you know probably I just seen one guy that hit, you know I would have thought that he just because he was sober he came out he failed miserably even being sober he couldn't he wasn't happy in his own skin he wasn't working he just you know he was just miserable, um, and uh, and he's you know he ended up failing. I mean he ended up uh, relapsing and and uh, but it's like he it's like he never. Um, You know, he didn't address the pain, so you could just almost feel his pain. You know what I mean?
0: There are too many triggers. I mean, when they're done, there are too many triggers because they're not prepared, as you're saying. and They're prepared, I guess, to fail, really. Um, And, yeah, that's – and you know what people will say in substance abuse places? They'll say that it's not evidence-based, and we need – with the government, we need to supply evidence-based type of stuff. And that evidence-based doesn't – like you said, only Jesus works.
1: Right, absolutely, hundred percent. I they uh they'll come to me. I get addicts all the time. Will come to me, and we'll pay for their treatment at Teen Challenge at Union Gospel. At uh, um we have the Redemption House. We have all these different. They're all Christian based, and they're coming to me. They're going well. Um even the county. Well you know, it, you know you're you're just you're you're not going equally to these other ones. What about this treatment center? You know any treatments you know is better than nothing. No, it's not. You know, all you're doing is taking this money, flushing it down the toilet, and they're just keeping them sober for 30 days or 60 days. And they run them through like, uh, you know, like numbers, you know.
0: Oh, Uh, it's like a mill. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And they, they know, you know, they just will hand them when they've been back. Well, we'll see you in a year, you know. Um, you know and,
0: and after the detox is over with you know what they really need this is kind of you know goes into everything that you, know, you do and and certainly you stand for they need a good night's sleep when they're
1: No, after. no absolutely and that no that's that um you know all this all the centers I've filled up with pillows i mean I can't i can tens of thousands in this country and they um and not just not just in uh you know these are in treatment places and they you're right there's no you detoxify, and getting good sleep is so important to get the person healthy again. You know, nutrition and sleep, and they, uh, um, you know that's another thing that, that uh, God's got me. I ended up with the meeting, you know, Joe piscopal Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe's a really good friend of mine. I met him same time I ended up becoming friends with Stephen Baldwin. It was it's quite a mar- couple of miracles that where that happened. But Joe was dying of cancer at one time and uh, thyroid cancer, whatever he. He studied all these natural ingredients and all these things, and, and prayed, and he anyway he got he ended up beating the cancer years ago. Um, him and I and this um, through a, I mean all these things that happened, and we end up with this company called Eniva. They're two um, they're Christian twins, they're twin brothers, and they're their um, company twenty minutes from my where I'm at in Minnesota here, and we've we've developed the the best proactive liquid vitamin in world history. This this will be one ingredient comes from. I mean, it's just absolutely the most amazing thing. And I don't put my I you, know, you got to realize I don't put my passion behind anything that to make money. I don't. That's not the thing. It's I could tell
0: because the, the pillow works. I mean, it really. I I keep telling my wife this thing works. Like you know, yeah. it's it was <laughs> no people smoke and people, mirrors. Well, this thing is real.
1: People, yeah. Well, people come to me all the time and going. You know, I I mean, I could. I could get out there and market anything, but but I, you know, it's not, I'm, I want to market something that is going to help people. The money comes after that, and that's got, you know, um, God's given me the platform. It's not about the, uh, it's not about the money, and then people come to me with all these ideas and inventions. Well, I've got a, you know, I've got a um, thing that this will do this, and and, and one guy I put, I said, you know, I'm only going to have products that help people in one way or another for health or sleep or whatever. And this guy, I'm not kidding, this guy came to me in our company, and he's not with me anymore, but he he came to me and he had a grill scrubber that was water, you know, or water came out of the handle and it scrubbed a grill. And I go, how is this <laughs> have to do with health and well-being and, and either, you know, um, what I, you know, my passion either good sleep, good health, or good, you know, or finding God, and he's mm-hmm. going, and he's going, well, it's a grill scrubber thing, you know. For you know, it's it, that is kind of healthy because you're scrubbing your grill, making it healthy to cook your food. I'm going, that's about as far <laughs> as I've <laughs> ever heard in my life. You know, <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: Well, I'm sure you <laughs> get
1: it all too. You want to sell? You want to sell these tables that are 42 inches high? This is the perfect length so people don't have to bend over and they'll be more healthy. You know, come on.
0: You you probably get you know I'll bet you that in your mail you probably have your own Shark Tank type of thing going on. People probably send you all kinds of ideas and things and emails. I mean,
1: and I read all my mail. I get I get so far behind. I you know I get there's two three hundred emails. I'll get right now by being on here. I'm probably 150 behind. Well look right now. (laughs) I bet you just this.
0: I'd like to see that, and I know that you answer them. You've mentioned that you do look at your emails, and
1: um, I have seventy-five emails behind, and, they, and I'll answer. You know, see for me, uh, and you know, I'll go through them, and they'll be in my call center in my customer service. If there's a problem um, where they can't solve it, and, and maybe that person just wants to get to me, and and I will answer. They'll give them. They can all freely give my email to them. And you'd be surprised. I only probably get about four or five a day, and then when I do answer the person, they're so blown away that the CEO would take their time out to do it. They even forget what they're emailing me about, you know. But
2: <laughs>
1: you know, or I'll get I get I I I don't so much anymore because I think people are used to it on TV. But I used to get just hit by people going, "Wait, you're wearing your cross? How dare you? Uh, you know, promote Christianity?" And you know, I I used to get that all the time. And that's back when I would also answer the phones myself. I would get on the phone and I would get into arguments with, with you know with somebody over, over that for hours and you know I wouldn't get I wouldn't give up the argument.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you'd have you'd have both sides. You'd go and you know, um, you're using Christianity to sell your pillow and I'm going, No, that's the way and I'd send them pictures of me for ten years. That's the way I always wear my cross, no matter what shirt I have on. And it just carried over to And I'm glad, you know, I'm glad it did, you know, because it's probably the most seen cross in history, you know, um, you know, and people bring that up all the time. We did a thing at the at the State Fair in Minnesota and Jan Carl was there. We were doing a small town big deal. And we did a we did a poll there they did with their media people. And I was amazed because it used to be three years ago. It was different than when they said, what's the five most things you recognize about Mike Lindell in this commercial? And number one this year was my cross. I Amen.
2: Wow. I thought that wow. was an
1: amazing <laughs> blessing and that he's a Christian, you know. And, and, that, and by the way, the calls, I don't get those calls or those texts or those emails anymore. It's almost like, it's kind of like when they accepted Phil Robertson after he made his stand, you know, for God. Mm-hmm, yes. You know. You know, I mean, it's, or, or when Chick fil A made their stand. I mean, you know, they, that just becomes acceptable. The, they have their say and then they, they have their protest and then they get over it, you know. Um, and, and, uh, but number one was the cross and then uh, number two was my mustache. Number three was the blue shirt. Number four, or no, number three was my voice, the blue shirt, and then the, uh, the way I hold the pillow.
0: The way you hold it. you See, okay. So the last two, you know, I want to capitalize on. I said to my wife, I said, "It's like he, he. It's almost like holding a child. I mean, it's it's beautiful the way he's he's holding this pillow." And but I also asked her. I said, "Is that is that pajamas? The blue shirt?" She says, "No, right. that is a blue shirt." I said, "No, it is not. It's a pair of pajamas. That that and, and the pillow is covered." So you can set the record straight. It's a shirt. It is a shirt. It
1: is a shirt. And it, was, it is weird. That shirt. It actually the it was it was kind of a how that trend how that came into being was i was doing a um, show in or i was doing a thing in laughlin nevada and i went to a a store and it was an Izod or something like that and i bought a i bought a short sleeve shirt that color and then the guys from select comfort if you remember you know the sleep
0: number. yes i've heard of them mm-hmm.
1: well they at at the then i got a long sleeve one like it and i and I I met the guy at Select Comfort. We were both at QBC in two thousand eleven at the same time, the month that they kept me there, once I broke all their records. And and it was one of the owners there, or one of their spokesmen for sure. And he and we both had the same color blue. And he goes, and I talked to him and I go, where did you he had got his shirt, the same thing. He had bought it at the same same store, <laughs> this with this color blue. And anyway, they did a study on it. He said it's Select Comfort. Of what of what um, um, colors work at trade shows with with bedding, and they were amazed to find that that color blue was number one, and that um, or or blue was uh, blue in general, and that the worst colors were yellow, red, and brown, and yellow and red work in all other trade show in all other products, but they don't work in bedding. And but they had done this study, but that's not why I got the shirt. But then I just. Then I kept wearing this shirt, and I got one that said my pillow on it. Well, then it became um, at QVC one time. I tried to change shirts to a different shirt, and you wouldn't believe all the people. This is before my commercials were so big that wrote in and said, "Where's your blue shirt? Where's your blue shirt?" And it became part of the brand.
0: You know, I'm thinking of the Brady Bunch, you know. And when I go back and I look, and, and the Mike Brady, he had a shirt just like like a pajama that looked yeah, like yeah, that Yeah,
1: absolutely and you know what and it brings back another thing it does that you don't that 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 I've noticed about it because this particular one that I've worn out for I've got about 10 of them that I buy it um, this particular brand it go it brings you back you know back in my bar business when I I used to be I was a little bar bars a good place for an attic but <laughs> I used to play music there that brought you back to your childhood to a peaceful time you know and if you look at my pillow, even the logo, it brings you back in time to those, to those, um, you know,
0: like a seventies, um,
1: like the seventies, the Partridge Family um, writing, you know, that P on, on my pillow and the and the shirt and the. And I
0: heard your husband. daughter. Is that true? Your daughter put that together that logo. Yeah, yeah,
1: yep. Yeah, she did that. And uh, I tripped. I drove up to. I wrote logos all over the house and my, my. Um, 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 did you see my documentary that or that thing we did in Minneapolis?
0: No, I went on like a thousand different YouTube uh, videos, but I didn't see that. No.
1: Yeah, uh, I can. Uh, that's actually airing tomorrow night on on RFD TV across the country, uh, and it's airing at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. And I'm going to be in Nashville. I'm flying to Nashville, but it's. Um, I could send you that right now. It's, I would like, love it. Oh. Um, but she, yeah, she. She did that logo and, and, but it's all come together that, um, 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 it's all come together.
0: Yeah. You mentioned it stands over, out you know, more. Even,
1: my, even, even my mustache. I mean, you know, people <laughs> say, you know. Did mustaches go out of style? Well, you know what? <laughs> I'm telling you, I, we, now it's it's part of the brand. Yeah. That's just like, it is who I am, you
0: know? But that's the whole thing. And you know something? People are afraid to be themselves. And I'm sure when you get people who approach you, you know, you are on the other mm-hmm. side, perhaps, and now, you know, CEO. Well, you know, the president, and, and of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm sure you respect people who are comfortable in their own skin and just say, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? I'm myself. And when people get apprehensive and nervous, it kind of... You know, I th- I think I like that you break all the stereotypes, and you're doing it even in government uh, in the future.
1: Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a quick one on that. The uh, a year a year ago, this last May, so it'd be about a year and a half ago, I was in in New York, and I was with Stephen Baldwin, and the the national um, um, I got the United States Patriot Award, and this was uh, I'm going, what am I getting this award? Well, it was all the stuff I do for. Um, Veterans and all this, and it was uh, what it is. It's the um, um, that it's a com- it's a combination um, um, between uh, the CIA, the FBI, the ASA, Federal Marshals Office, these seven bureaus. I um, I forget what the um, the federal whatever it is, but anyway, it's this National Patriot, and all those seven bureaus are there. Um, these and they so I'm getting this award, and I'm going. And Stephen goes we go to go in there and he goes I, and I you know it's all gonna be suicide. I'm so nervous you know and, and I'm going he goes well you I don't think you will have to make a speech if you do it'll be right at our table you know I go okay and uh, well we get in there and the whole focus was on me and Stephen introduced me and I do this speech right before I we went in there though Stephen goes yeah Mike you might want to leave the drugs out of it you know in your story or, you know whatever if you and I said well I'm not, I know, fine so anyway I do I do this little acceptance speech and we get seated at a table with with the third in the CIA. Wow! To my right is the head of the or one of the head of the East Coast Federal Marshals Office, and his wife. I have the Homeland Security guy to my left. This billionaire grocery guy. Anyway, we got there's ten of us in this big round table, and this lady that's married to the Homeland Security. She goes, she says, um, "Boy, I've read your story." She goes. You, she goes, you have quite a, a history. She goes, how did you quit your drugs? And Stephen
2: looks over <laughs> me
1: and across the table and gives me a nod. And I go in this. I start telling. I go, well, let me tell you. And I tell and I tell the story about going across Wisconsin when Homeland Security. I was doing cocaine and they <laughs> they thought my pillows in the back of the truck. <laughs> Somebody had called me in that they were bombs. And I got the road got highway got blocked off. And I'm telling this to Homeland
0: Security. Oh my goodness. <laughs>
1: Anyway, I tell this whole story. This helicopter kept following me like in the movies, and, and uh, they pulled, and they had the road blocked off. They checked all my pillows and realized they were just big balls.
0: It's unbelievable. You know, they
1: were drunk down there. Well, anyway, the whole med security guy goes, well, what did you do with the cocaine? I said, well, I did it all. There was a helicopter up there. you know." And then this the billionaire guy, this, this grocery store guy, he looks at me and goes, you know, you're not like any other CEO we've ever came across.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's, not, that's,
0: that's, that's remarkable that's what a story I mean and I don't know if I heard this or you know, maybe you should but are, are you thinking having a movie is that something that you were thinking of doing with uh, with Stephen a movie about your life
1: oh yeah yeah no I'm doing yeah, I'm doing a movie from my book it'll probably be three movies there's so much I mean, you because that's
0: know, a movie scene right there. That's for sure.
1: Oh, a- absolutely. And you know, I've been, I've had the mafia. I, you know, back when I was sports betting, I've had the mafia. I have stories. I was in a Ziwanago and a Estapa with the cartel was going to cut my head off on a family vacation. Mm. I mean, or just me and my wife. I mean, they were. I mean, I have been in spots in you could you could literally pick a theme, and or pick a topic and. And go to the book. I mean, if the, you know, but to make this movie, you can make so many movies out of the movie. And uh, you ever see the movie Joy?
0: I don't think I've seen that. Who's in that one?
1: Well, it's just a it's just a movie about an entrepreneur lady. Um, it's supposed to be based on a true story. But I watched that movie in a theater three months after it came out, and there was such a reaction to the people in the in the theater. Going, you know, wow, this sense of hope. It wasn't a, it wasn't, you know, anything to do with God, but it was just this story of hope that she overcame. And I'm going, what do you mean she overcame two little things in the movie? I'm going, those would be like a good day for me back. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm going, wait till my movie comes out. This is going to be like, it's going to be life changing. You know?
0: That's incredible. So,
1: well, I mean, absolutely, we're going to be doing uh, the movie, and uh, um, I just want to get the book done. If you uh, yeah, if you want I'm something to pray for. I want. Uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm just so, I, I've just got to. I've been praying. I go, God, you know, you got to give because I take the author, Stephen, the author Stephen had, and I, I, I'll read the, I'll read the, one of the chapters. I'll go, okay, no, that needs to be, you know, it's, it is, it's what to leave in, what to leave mm-hmm. out, and it's like it's so hard because you want it to be, you know, you want it to be this book that's going to bless so many, and you just, uh, I'm not doing it for money, the, the hundred percent. I'm going to go on national TV all the way up to O'Reilly, and they're going to go, okay, here's your book, what are the odds? Well, uh, if you buy this book, 100% of your money goes to my foundation, and they're going to go, well, how is that Paul? You mean the proceeds? No, I mean the money. So if the book, if you spend $20, it goes to my foundation. Well, that means I'm matching funds, so to speak, because it would cost me, you know, Three, four dollars a book to make. Then I mean, if I sell four million books, I put in four million dollars of my own money to the foundation. But the next thing out of their mouth is going to be, well, what, what foundation? What's your foundation doing? I'm going to, and, uh, and uh, then I'm going to tell them how this works with the, uh, you know, it's a pass through entity and helping these millions and millions. Uh, we've launched it in eighty countries. It's so, it's so cool when you can hear back from the person you gave money to or, or that you helped out. And how it changed their life. You know, I have verifiers and validators yes. in eighty in eighty countries and it's just it's just an amazing platform that, that that this uh website we're gonna do it in Minnesota. Where are you from?
0: Well I'm from uh, Pompano Beach, Florida.
1: okay okay. and
0: i was going to say you know i'm really glad that the book is coming out now only because you know even though you know you were high profile of course but now with the with the president and the the kind of impact you may be having in the administration that i think the timing is right for this book
1: oh absolutely absolutely and they we had to delay the book by a half a year because things kept happening and i'm telling my book writer we can't finish this book i don't know where it's going to end this is this is, this is absolutely <laughs> really bizarre. It's, you know, just, you know my, uh, my friend sends me this was this was two hours after I met Mr. Trump and took we took they took a picture of me and him in his office and it's side by side and it's uh, uh the my one of my vendors was in California and they were doing the Delmon or Del or some show some fair out there. And one of the vendors had a, had a cutout of Donald Trump. And in my booth, there's a cutout of me. And they put the cutouts together and took this picture, this whole group of them in, in the fair. And they sent me that picture. And they go, hey, Mike, check this out. And now I instantly, because I had just met with Donald Trump and had the real picture, I sent it back to him. And the whole fair talked about it. It was like, <laughs> uh, you know, are you kidding me? Wait, I'm going. I go. I go. Yeah, that's pretty good. Here's the real thing. And i are going, what?
0: You know? That's really what a story.
1: Yeah, yeah, and they, you know, and when I put stuff on my Facebook, I mean, they and stuff, and even my pillow Facebook, I had to be very careful to just, you know, um, it, it, the way I do it. I think, you know, I pray before I put stuff on there just to put it in the right way, where you're not, um, you know, where I had my story to tell. And even even when I put up there and I'm giving out. You know, I'm I'm showing him miracles and stuff without preaching to him, so to speak. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, you know, it's a, it's like a it's very you know. If you can't see the miracle here, you know, of course I'll put in there. You know that you know I'm I feel so blessed. You know, that stuff like this to be you know.
0: Well, it reminds um, yeah. me of the Bible, where in the Gospel of John, where he says that, and there were many, many more miracles that Jesus did, and, and the, these books can't contain. And right. th- th- these stories that you have, it sounds much of the same. His intervention is his way in your life.
1: Oh yeah, it's been it's been quite amazing, quite amazing.
0: Well, you're you're, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're the you the lead character, but you're enjoying the ride you're enjoying the story, oh, yeah. and
1: living inside a movie. And people say that all the time. I'm going, you know, they'll ask me all the time, and I said, you know, day to day, I mean, it's like I things change so much where you know you don't expect. It's like it te- keeps going to different levels uh, um, that I can't even. I'm going, you know. I've grown to just now not even be surprised because it's like um, I don't know how big the whole plan is, you know. Um, um, and it's just, you know, seeing it is. It's like surreal every day yeah. living in, you know, living in this amazing um, detailed plan. And you know, and I look back and I tell people all the time too. I say, you know what? Because I can handle with my company if something you know so devastating will happen, and I'm and I'm so calm. And one of the reasons of, of the calmness is because I've learned that everything. Well, I've, I've told people. I said, you know, 99.9 percent of everything you worry about doesn't come true anyway. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come to fruition. And and the other thing is when you do have something that happens, and it it feels so bad at the time and so catastrophic that you know. And you look back, and I'm not talking to death. You know, that's death, that's there. I'm talking about if you you see something that, you know, that's happened in business or whatever, and and you look back later, and you go something good it, it, it almost had to happen in order for it to end up like this, or or something good followed it. You know, it's like
0: I look at life the same way. I the older I get, I look at life like that and see you know God's ways are different, and um, for sure a different result, a different place that he takes you
1: oh absolutely
0: it'll be exciting too to you know to read your book also when it comes out because um i know that it was called against all odds at one time and then it was changed or against the wind against against the the wind wind. yeah against the wind that's Uh, right
1: i had such a um um, i I, and now it's called what are the odds and and uh and i just it just fits the theme where against the wind I was I ended up being uh getting to be good friends with Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band mm-hmm. when I'd follow the band around and follow the Eagles around. I mean I, even even just to end up being uh you know <laughs> with those bands, those secular bands, but I was such an influencer with so many of them people that um um you'd be surprised in that industry. I know God put me in that position for to um to um spread his word and and, yes. uh, but I was going to use against the wind cause that was all my life, you know, doing things outside of the, outside of the box and, and doing things. I, my friend, I mean, not my friend, my son, we were at Typhoon Lagoon once and you know, Typhoon Lagoon in Florida there. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a thing called there called the lazy river. And my son was like nine or 10 years old and we were in the lazy river and I said, I said, and we were, you know, doing the different things, stacking tubes. We weren't supposed to be doing these things. I said, you know what? I said I'm going to show you something, a lesson in life. I said, I'm going, we're going to get everybody in this river walking the wrong way, or stop, or getting out of their tubes. And he goes, what? And 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 I got out of the tube then, and I told, I I point, I figured, the, grab these kids first. I said, hey, let's play a joke, and everybody grab your tubes, and tell them we have to walk upstream. Um, there's something with the water. We gotta walk walk the other way and bring your tubes to the next point there, or whatever. I just kept making up different excuses. It didn't take but probably ten minutes, and everyone in the whole lazy river was out of their tubes. What most of them walking the wrong way upstream and not even knowing why. And the lifeguards <laughs> are blowing their whistles and on their walkie talkies going, "Get back in your tubes." And the you know the the um, the 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 moral or the thing of the story was is is. Uh, is um you know people look for if they want to follow something you know they want to follow you know what i mean they don't they um you know it was able to turn to to make that happen and i don't know what the the point i was making to my son was to that, you know to the people um you know i happened at the at philadelphia airport where everybody was doing this thing there they putting their thumbprint and and i was the only one that that spoke up about it you know it's like everyone just follow anybody over the cliff you
0: know well that's the thing i mean i'm sure that it, this is amazing because it's a gift that you have but most people really like we're talking about steve jobs they really kind of just feel they have to stay within the confines of life and and you're saying no no hold on a minute i could change this i mean that's the entrepreneurial gift i could make it better right. i could make a difference people and that's the liberating part but um i'm glad it's called against you know all odds because i know in the bible it says time and chance happen to us all you know and and uh, right. under god's watch so yeah it's called
1: what you know what are the odds it's, i want people to look instead of against the wind i thought against the wind it would end up be that's more about me i want what are the odds i want people to really look and see the proof of stuff and to look at their own lives and see you know everybody's got there you know it's kind of like this and this is a, i don't mean, this probably a bad analogy but but um, you know, when you look at a one in a million and one in a billion, and, and you you know, okay, you could probably say, well, this one here probably would never happen, but uh, you know, it's maybe it's a one in a billion. Well, when you add them up, it had to be God. I I said, I've said this before. I said, look at OJ Simpson in that trial. He had a one in a million.
2: Mm-hmm. They figured,
1: oh, this was a one in a billion. <laughs> this was a one in three mil three million. Well. <laughs> If you do mathematics, common mathematics, the guy did it, you know. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like it's like you know, common mathematics. So, I you know, I look at miracles I see every day, and I'll say, you know, what what are the odds that this happened here, and and just in that instance, whatever it was, and I'll say, well, that's a God moment. That's a God thing. You know what I mean? Um, you know, if the you don't have, you know, if you have two one, you know, you you can put a number on it. Oh, that's a you know, it would be like um, if there was such a thing—winning five lotteries in a row. You would say, you know, you wouldn't say either you cheated or you know. It's, I mean, God wouldn't have you win the lottery, but I mean, you know, for five in a row, you know. But you know what? You know what I mean. You get the gist.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it makes...
1: like you look at you look at these things that happen in people's lives, and they, you know, if they can't see America, and my own book writer, you know, we had them all laid out on my table, and he, he had, and he goes. And his his daughter says his, his co-writer says uh, this ghostwriter, he says well what he says um, she says dad do you think all these things are really real and that was one of her things so, and there's so much material going back and all these things happening story after story after story after story I mean and and here she you know he said to me he goes I'm, and I said well I how we get this book's going to be three thousand yeah right them. And his word to me was, Mike, the average person, when you go back, he goes, with this thing here that happened to you in 1984, he just picked one of the piles. <laughs> he goes, they would have surrendered to Jesus that day, you know. And and it's took you all this time, all this time to go through. And, and there's days that, you know, there's still transformation. I mm-hmm. think we're all, you know, we're all in transformation. Absolutely. And, and it's uh um... And it's like so then he. it was kind of comforting for him to say that because I'm going, yeah, I probably don't need, you know, all this because you can't fit it all. In. And what I'm going to probably do eventually with my website is um, when they come there is that you want to hear other stories. I mean, there's just so, so many, you know, you could pick. I mean, I'm not kidding. You can pick so many things. Uh, Prince that died. You know, I.
0: Yes. I was going to ask you about that. And George Michael, too. Yeah.
1: Uh, um well Prince um he um you know I had a, I, I ended up meeting Prince and telling him story about about and not knowing it was you know, it, it's, a, it's a long story. You didn't know his yeah.
0: Prince when you spoke to him?
1: Yeah, no, no, you okay I'll tell you that I'll tell you the story. Then I do gotta get going
0: Yeah, absolutely. This, this,
1: mm-hmm. I told this story on um on Joe Piscopal's radio station in uh when he died, and um uh, Prince Prince's studio is four minutes from where my bar used to be in Victoria, Minnesota, and he's mm-hmm. in Chanhassen, Minnesota, Paisley Park. Well, back in the early 2000s, Prince had the one of the few technologies that other artists didn't have. and people They'd come from all over the place and play there. In the middle of the night, Prince would have just him and his pri- a few of his friends would have these private parties inside. They're not parties, but you know where they play, use this uses, uses music
0: this music mm-hmm. Like a gig, and, uh, mm-hmm.
1: Or use his instruments, his technology. Had well, anyway, the parking lot would fill up with people just to get a glimpse of these. Anybody going back and forth? Well, his bo- his bodyguards and doorman work came to my bar a lot, and they said, uh, um, you know, Mike, you know, if you ever want to come over to, you know, come into Paisley Park, whatever, you know, that's. And I said, you know, maybe one of these nice boy, if Bob Seeger ever comes, I'd want to come, and. You know, and I'm not, and I say, you know, I'll come and see Prince sometime, but I said, all right, boy, if Bob Seger came, you know, it was fine. Um, it was my, my biggest passion was uh, to meet him someday or, say, you know, or whatever, and, uh, and I hear him sing, I loved his music. Well, anyway, so uh, not even a week later, they come in, they go, hey, Bob Seger's going to be at uh, the at, at studio tonight. And, and I go, you're kidding. And so me and my buddy, we... <laughs> Jump in the car after the bar closed at 2 in the morning. We head over to Paisley Park. And sure enough, there's 500 people in the parking lot. My buddy lets me in. And and now you've got to realize I was also a Prince fan back then. and I had seen a lot of his concerts. But um, anyway, we get in there. And it's not Bob Seger. It's Santana's playing. Okay. And there's only about maybe 12 people in there, if that. There's not any people. And there's a hallway and there's no drinking, there's no drugs. Prince was totally, you know, uh, drug-free, drinking-free, no smoking. Um, that's the way they was, mm-hmm. well, other than, obviously, his prescription drugs. Mm-hmm. On. Um, well, anyway, there's a hallway It says employees only, and we're standing there, and this little guy uh, kept adjusting Santana's thing and coming down the hallway, and he grabbed something out of the office, he walked by, and I said, hey, buddy, I mean, you got to realize this guy's, what, one, and I didn't realize it was Prince, and he, you know... And he wasn't dressed up, he was dressed, you know, just down like a t-shirt. And I go, I go, hey, buddy. I said, uh, I said, hey, is um, Bob Seeger gonna be here tonight? And he says, he says, no. He says, isn't this good enough for you? And I said, no, I said, I don't really care for Santana. I said, I like Bob Seeger, the Eagles, and Prince. And now he looked at me and, it, <laughs> and intrigued him. And he goes, he goes, You like Prince, huh? And I said, Yeah. I said, Yeah, I got a good Prince story for you. And I proceeded to tell Prince about how I punched it. I'd only punched two people in my life, and one was a Hell's Angel on a family vacation in Panama City Beach, Florida. And I said, so I'm telling Prince about punching this Hell's Angel and running from them. Uh, these three Hell's Angels, after what they had done, my wife and I were there, and running down Panama City Beach, and I ducked into this to this place called Big Kahuna's, and it turned out it was an all-black Baroque bar. And I'm telling this to Prince now. And I said, the music just stopped, and I went up to the bar, and I, I said, and I was, and, um, you know, I'd had, and then it was called Big Kahunas, so I ordered this drink of 10 shots of liquor, blah, blah, blah. Well, this guy, and I'm telling this to Prince, this guy, too, too, or right next to me, I, I turned to him, and I didn't know what to say, and I said, I know Prince. And that was only because, and I told this to this guy, you know, which really was Prince, I go, I go, yeah, I told him I knew Prince, because I said, you're, this Paisley Park so close to me, but I said, I don't really know Prince, and and I, and I said, so no, I'm telling this to Prince. Okay? <laughs> so now this guy, this guy, I go, the guy, the guy, uh, you know, flipped me off. And, he, and when I said I know Prince, was right out of a movie from the 70s, I think 48 wow. hours or something. Well, anyway, <laughs> I um, I went to the bathroom. I proceeded to have a couple of these big kahunas. And I look outside, and the Hells Angels were still across the street. And anyway, this guy says to me, he goes, if you know Prince so much, why don't you go up and sing? And I said, and I had never sung anything, but I knew all Prince's lyrics. I said, so I'm telling this to Prince. I said, you know what? I said, I know all Prince's lyrics. I said, to his uh, Purple Rain. I said, I went up there and I belted out Purple Rain. And then I'm I'm telling Prince, I said, that's a pretty long song, too. And he goes, yeah, I know that. And he goes, yeah, I know that. And uh, and I go, and I said, I got up there. And I said, I never meant to cause you any sorrow. <laughs> I never meant to cause you any pain. And I said, I had them all laugh. And I said, I did. I ended up doing three encores that night, and I'm still telling this to Prince. And I said, and then I looked outside, and there's, and now I'm all their buddies, and it's just me. And they go, you know what? Unless you're a lost tourist, nobody comes in here. They, they, they fear, they fear us. And I said, so I said I was taunting the hell's angels across the street, going, you guys are prejudiced, blah blah blah. So anyway, I tell Prince, and this story doesn't end there. It goes on and on with it. I end up in the morning and um, back at. Um, um, at my family at the at the at the hotel. Well, anyway, so I tell this whole story to Prince. It takes about probably I took the, took the long bridge. We were probably there a half hour, and he a couple times he went up and helped Santana with this thing. Now we go to lead there, and my buddy I go boy you were very talk that was a nice guy he was kind of quiet though and he goes he goes you idiot that was Prince
0: oh my goodness and
1: and I go I go <laughs> oh it was yeah you know now I knew it I go wow he's really short you know and anyway, now here's the kicker. Ten years later, ten years later, I'm doing my first infomercial in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I'm getting my hair done, or not my hair, my makeup, you know, for this, you know, I had to mm-hmm. have this makeup done for this infomercial. And we're talking to this gal, and she says, um, I said, so, is this what you do full-time? She says, yeah, mostly for prints. I'm a I'm full-time hairdresser, and, uh, or, I mean, a full-time makeup artist. And I said, really? I said I got a good print story for you, and I start telling the story I just told you, and she stops me cold. And she told, she goes, "It's you." She said he's never stopped telling people that story, <laughs> and she knew the whole story almost to the letter.
0: Unbelievable.
1: And he goes, but it just made it, you know. And I told that on Piskeble Show, and I said, you know, for him to tell that, I mean, how. Oh, it was just so real, me telling him. He loved every minute of it, because I wasn't starstruck. I mean, could you imagine him telling <laughs> that? You know, And uh, and then my heart went out to him. I said, you know, the mm-hmm. last day that I quit cocaine and crack, I said, I did just a huge, more than I'd ever done at one time in my life the night before. Yes. And, you know, and I know Prince, his doctor was there that morning, and he took double his thing of that prescription pill whatever it was
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i think it was like okay just you know this was the last time i'm finally going to be free to this and he took he took extra you oh. know and what a tragedy
0: yeah that was a big tragedy
1: yeah
0: it's a I mean, horrible
1: he would bring so many people to his park from the uh um, prostitutes people off the street and bring them there they're thinking they're going there for something then they get there and they realize he's he's evangelizing, you know, he's, he's, they're going there to pray and no, there's no drugs drinking. It was just, I mean, he was, that's the way he was. And they, and they, and the people listened to him. This is Prince telling him this, you know, and he helped him off the streets, you know, um, pretty amazing. And it's really, it was really sad here in Minnesota.
0: Very it's sad. Everywhere. Very yeah. sad. I mean, it, it, like you said, uh, he, uh, another person who loves, you know, people and generous and, uh, I yep. mean, that, you know, but I did hear, just so you know, I know I have to let you go, but uh, I heard that Bob Seger was actually a big influence on him and that that song down on Main Street, that kind of inspired him to write the song Purple Rain. Oh, yeah, yep, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Mike, thank you so much. I mean, really, I can't even tell you what a nice guy. I, I think I made a friend. So,
1: but yep, absolutely, yeah, we'll keep in touch. yeah
0: I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to the next chapter or two of, you know, where God takes you in. And, of course, in a little bit, I'll be sleeping on my pillow. All
2: All right.
0: God bless you, my friend. Thank you.